Hi guys and welcome back to our podcast where we've been following Germany in their campaign in the Qatar 2022 World Cup. Unfortunately, our dream has come to an end. <laughs> oh, Kelly needed some time to digest the result, guys. That's why this podcast is quite a few days late. Yeah, I, I didn't want to do it the next day. Usually we always do it the next day, but I was like, I can't. I'm just not, I'm not in the mood for it. The emotions were too raw. Yeah, it's not like I would have been crying in the podcast, but I just don't think anyone would have wanted to listen to that. I was just angry. Yeah. I would be ranting about everyone and everything. She'd in start there. screaming at us in German. We don't want it. It sounds very aggressive. <laughs> so Kelly, what went wrong? <laughs> um, the Japan game went wrong. Yeah, that's 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 the thing that ruined our whole journey, I think. Because um, against Costa Rica, you definitely shouldn't receive two goals. So apparently, uh, obviously, there was also something going wrong in that game. Yeah. But after leading, I think yeah, after leading one nil, mm-hmm. then it's two one. Then scoring three goals, knowing that if Spain scores the equaliser, they're still through. I think that's a great comeback. I need to, I need to give that to the team. Yeah. I would have not expected Kai Havertz to score two goals, but, mm, um, but yeah, we were just too dependent on another game, yeah. and obviously that's it's not what you want. It's difficult going into the final game when you know it's not just based yeah. on your result, and obviously Japan did very well. Yeah. So it kind of made it impossible for you to get through. I do believe Spain was a bit shady though. Yeah. Um, obviously, in the end, it's our own fault, but knowing Morocco won that group and then wanting to play against Morocco, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of like. I think they lost on purpose when they knew Germany was leading 4 2. Maybe. I, I, I do know, believe that. I coach would have told them the result in the other game though. Well, he did say um, when, Je- when Costa Rica was leading against Germany and you know these like I think it was three minutes where Japan yeah. and Costa Rica oh, were through best three minutes of life. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie don't I say was, that no, you, you were like oh my god that would be so funny because you knew it was going to be really difficult for you guys yeah. to get through I'm not gonna lie and you've been taking Spain out with you that would have been funny yeah I'm not gonna lie but he said that if he would have known that in that game that Costa Rica was leading he would have had a heart attack so apparently they didn't know yeah. but I'm not too sure like there there must be one way on how the fans or something or someone tells the player you, yeah. you know like well I think the fans would have definitely been like screaming it whether yeah. the players heard it or not I don't know no I remember in the um, I don't know which stadium they played in and I'm probably wrong when I try to pronounce it anyways but um, the Costa Rica Germany game when Germany scored like a minute later uh, Spain scored, I think. Yeah, and then and the then, German fans were all celebrating. Yeah, yeah so you, you definitely, they definitely knew. Yeah. I'm pretty positive they did. So. Especially because like, you saw some of the fans, they'd have like one headphone in, listening to the other game on like the radio. But um, no, I actually have a bone to pick with Kai Havertz, because if he didn't score his two goals, Costa Rica would have gotten through to the round of 16. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Knowing that, um, I've, I guess the risk is too high still, because... Spain's game finished after the Germany game but I'm not gonna lie knowing that Spain if you look at the last 20 minutes on how Spain played it was absolute like that was not Spain I don't know what they did but it was not football they were just trying to like leave it as it is Mm -hmm. knowing that Germany's obviously leading 4-2 but yeah I would have wished for Germany to just score uh, to just let Costa Rica score like another I don't know Three, four goals. Yeah. Just so Spain gets knocked out with us. I don't know. I really don't like Spain. 
but they're out now as well. Yeah, <laughs> luckily we got to see them get knocked out by Morocco on penalties. Although they wanted to play against Morocco, they're still out. Yeah, and this is the third national tournament in a row that um, they've been knocked out on penalties. So that's kind of crazy. Crazy, isn't it? And even their manager said they've been practicing like thousands of penalties. Yeah, I'm I sure saw that interview. Embarrassment again. And then they didn't score a single one, which means you know that Morocco is still not conceded a goal except for the own goal. Yeah. So like no opposition player is calling Yeah, we read that stat the other day, didn't out. we? It's crazy. I don't know. That goalkeeper, I don't even know his name. Bono. He's seen... very good keeper. <laughs> I've no idea. I hadn't heard of him before this tournament, but he's very good. Yeah, he seems amazing. Mm. He's given everything. Yeah. And obviously, with um, the German national team, so it was rumoured after you guys left the tournament that Hansi Flick might step down. There was a lot of links with Thomas Tuchel, Jurgen Klopp. And I just thought, well, Jurgen Klopp's not going to leave Liverpool. I can't see Thomas Tuchel doing well there. I don't know why. Oh, I don't know. I never liked him. No, and now they've confirmed that he's staying. Flick. Yeah. But the sporting director has stepped down. So what do you think of that? Um, I'm not really sure. Like, I feel like you have to give Flick another chance because he's only this is his first major tournament. You know, yeah. it's obviously a bit inconvenient that it's a World Cup directly, but. He just kind of got thrown into it. He was a very, very successful coach with Bayern. I mean, they won the triple um, with him. Yeah. So I do believe that he has potential. And obviously he knows quite a few players very well because most of the squad is literally from Bayern. So um, I think he definitely deserves another chance despite him doing like a lot of mistakes yeah. like from my opinion he did a lot wrong with this world cup um but yeah um the sports director like it's quite hard to be thrown into a world cup straight away it's your first like yeah tournament. no definitely especially when you coach a team like Bayern before who went through everything like it's absolutely nothing yeah. you know well it's just because they have it so easy because of the wealth of the club yeah and the amount of talent they have in their team like obviously flicks used to being able to just kind of like give the basics and watch the good players do it and everything obviously it's not that simple but yeah it's very different when you have a national team especially because they don't play together all the time exactly and then with uh, our sports director Bierhoff uh, resigning I think that's a pretty good shout obviously uh we all don't really know how much influence he actually has on like the decisions and all that that yeah. actually you don't happen. see what goes on behind the exactly scenes. like I'm pretty sure he's not gonna do the lineups, you know, but yeah, yeah, obviously he he definitely has some sort of influence on the team um, and on the whole nation, really. So I I feel like he should have resigned in literally twenty eighteen after that disaster. Yeah. But, um, he did it now, and I guess that's all right. It's just been a few disasters now. Not just one. Oh my god! Yeah. I, I I can literally see us here in four years' time being like. Hello, guys. <laughs> Let's take Germany on their oh way God. to the World Cup. <laughs> and then they lose their first game again. Imagine. No, no. But anyway, so Germany's whole group are now not involved in the oh, competition. One thing, have you heard that Müller wants to resign from the national team as well? Oh, really? He did it say... It surprise me. He was given an interview after the game and he said, I, um, I don't know how I'm going to recover from this. Yeah. But I just want to say thank you to the fans already, blah, blah, blah. Oh, blah. that sounds like a It sounds, it right sounds like a goodbye. Um, 
neuer wants to stay. Yeah, no one's talking about the next World Cup. Like, uh, going to be. Yeah, now. because he doesn't want to end it like that, which I understand. But we need a new keeper. I already, yeah. I, I always loved Neuer. I'm Thing a big is, though, fan. Neuer's but... already won the World Cup, so like he's already got that accolade. No one's going to forget. Yeah, that. no, definitely. But then he. Obviously, especially if you win the World Cup, you don't really want to end it with getting knocked out twice yeah, in the true, group stage true, true. the years after, you know. But so many professional footballers will never win the World Cup. He's done that. Who do you think will never win the World Cup? Messi or Ronaldo? Ronaldo. He's never <laughs> winning the World Cup. Trust me. I don't think either of them will. But, um, no, nah, my money's still on Brazil, like we said in the first game. Of yeah, they've been playing... Very well. Mm. Portugal surprised me, though. I oh, feel yeah. like they're Portugal, playing a yeah, really good... Against Switzerland were very good. Yeah. But that was with Raul Ronaldo on the pitch. Yeah, well... Gonzalo Ramos, <laughs> who nobody knew. And now he's, like, the only player in the tournament to score a hat-trick, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. And I, I kept on saying for ages during this tournament, no-one scored a hat-trick yet, no-one scored a hat-trick yet. Yeah. In all fairness, I did say the first hat-trick would be by Marcus Rashford. But... <laughs> it was close. I'm okay with the fact it was that it close. was Gonzalo Ramos. Yeah, Marcus Rashford got close. But um, I love that it's someone that people weren't expecting it to be. Yeah. And now he's suddenly in the race for the Golden Boot. <laughs> I actually love that. Anyway, so if we move on, we'll talk about the round of 16 games. Yeah, because we don't have anything else to talk about. There's yeah, obviously no Germany other Germany like, game too. Basically what we're going to do from now until the end of the World Cup is just kind of do like a follow along, you know. Yeah, you're not getting rid of us that easily, guys. Exactly. So we're going to follow along the rest of the World Cup, just do a bit of analysis and predictions, chat about the games. So we'll do that now. So round of 16, first game was Netherlands-USA. Now, I don't remember what we predicted would happen in that if we even said I'm pretty sure we did but, say that the Netherlands was going to win yeah though. I do think that was like kind of obvious although a lot of people were saying USA could surprise some people and I thought they didn't play badly I just think the Netherlands had better quality and obviously when USA pulled back a goal I was like oh it could get interesting but then Netherlands scored yeah. again and then it was just kind of done at that so they won 3-1 uh, but I think USA did well in this tournament to be fair oh yeah I mean obviously um not conceding any goals against England, for example. Yeah. Obviously, also not scoring any, but <laughs> I feel like but that. To be re- fair, in that game, I thought they were the better team. To be honest with oh, you. Oh yeah, they showed their strength, but yeah. England played really weak in that game. I think so. I feel like you always have to see a bit ra- like a bit rational. I don't know, but yeah. um, obviously Netherlands won that game, uh, and they deserve to win. Like if you look at the game, they were definitely the better team. Um, so. Yeah. Okay, and then the next game that was on was um, Argentina-Australia, which I actually really enjoyed watching that game. I was obviously rooting for the underdog, the Socceroos. Um, So obviously Argentina scored two, and then Australia scored one. And when Australia scored, I was like, I knew it. I knew this was going to (laughs) happen. Because, like, the way that they both approached the game, Australia didn't, like, sit back and defend. They were actually taking the game to Argentina. Mm -hmm. And... I just think Argentina don't look like they'll be able to compete against like the other top sides like France or Brazil. Yeah. They just don't seem like they attack the game enough. They kind of like they don't dominate possession. Obviously they're better on the counter, but I don't see them getting through like the better defenses when there's so much good attacking football coming from the other team. And obviously if Australia can get one past them and they only score two against them, I'm certain Brazil or France would be able to beat them yeah no definitely I uh, sadly couldn't watch the game I, was, I wasn't in town so we couldn't watch it together yeah but um, 
Yeah, no, this the score, just looking at it, surprised me a lot because mm-hmm. I thought, oh, Argentina got one of the, not to be rude, but they got one of the easiest teams here to beat. Yeah. And then it's only 2-1. I was a bit like... And it's not just looking at the scoreboard, like watching <laughs> the game. It was very, like, cagey. Yeah. It looked very equal in terms of chances. Mm-hmm. I'd even say Australia were on top for quite a lot of the game. They created more definitely. And then, obviously, Argentina's quality just took over, but that's because they're coming up a team with less quality when they come up against a team with more quality, it will be a different story. Yeah. And that's what will happen in the next round on Friday because they're coming up against the Netherlands, who will definitely be more attacking and with a lot more quality. Obviously, they've got Gakpo scoring goals for fun. They've got... Even Daily Blind scored the other day. Like, it's ridiculous. They've got so much, like, quality going forward. <coughs> so I think that will be a really interesting game. Mm-hmm. And then the next game that was on was the france Poland. yeah. And that was 3-1 France. I think that was kind of predictable. The Polish goal was a penalty in the last minute. It wasn't really... Poland didn't really give me much promise. Um, I was hoping for Poland to win. Yeah, I think most people were hoping for it. Especially yeah. English people, but it just didn't I'm not going to lie. I, that game I actually watched, and after the game, the Polish players didn't even look that sad about it. Like, they've already been expecting to get knocked out. Yeah, well, if you get drawn against France, I think you'd be pretty pessimistic. So you're pessimistic for oh, England? Of course, France. I actually am. I'm actually terrified. <laughs> we'll talk Guys, about the that game is in two days and I've been shaking ever since we beat Senegal. I've been like, yeah, I know you've gotten through, but we've got, we've got Mbappe. <laughs> no, we don't have Mbappe. No, actually, there's been rumours that he's um, injured, but I think that's just them <clears> trying to... He doesn't need training. He can. I think it's a scam. <laughs> so then after the France-Poland game... England-Senegal. I thought that was a very good game. Yeah. I think England pretty much dominated that game. I'm, I'm not going to lie. The first 30 minutes, I was really like, obviously I was watching that game and I was just sitting there like, when are you going to use your effing chances? Yeah. I was like, oh my God, that I can't know. be true. The thing is, I think in the first like half hour, the most clear chances went to Senegal mm-hmm. and Jordan Pickford made a couple of good saves. I think yeah. the first half hour was a lot more open and then once we scored one goal I think that's when we just took over control and Senegal dropped back a bit and that allowed us to just like play it around a bit more obviously once Henderson scored oh my god Jordan (laughs) Henderson scoring the World Cup what the hell Um, then obviously Kane gets his goal which was just incredible from Bellingham and then a lovely ball from Foden into Kane oh that was actually the best goal England have scored in the tournament in a long time but um, yeah so once we had those two goals I feel like I don't know whether Senegal kind of gave up a bit, but they looked a lot more lacklustre. Like, they didn't mm-hmm. really care as much. Yeah, no, after the, first, uh, after the first goal, I thought the same. I was like, oh, the energy's kind of going yeah. away a little bit. And after the first goal, the second goal kind of followed pretty quickly, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it did. It was in the same, like, eight or so minutes, Yeah, I think. and then obviously if you, if you play good for half an hour, you can see two goals within eight minutes. What do you expect? Like, yeah, exactly. And then because we scored one and then scored another, it's like two really big blows to Senegal. And then I think they were just a bit down for a while. Obviously, they were both in the first half. And then in the second half, obviously, we got another goal from Saka. And I think that just killed it off completely. Yeah. I think that was just like the final final nail in the coffin and then we just kind of passed it around for a while. Yeah, I would have Got wished a few more chances, but I would have wished for England to um continue play how they did play in the first half though. Yeah. Because I feel like after they scored the three nil it was just a little bit like yeah, that should get, let's just it was, get it over with. Yeah, I don't know whether it was just like the game plan is like we've won this game, don't overuse your energy. Mm-hmm. Or if it was just like we couldn't get any more chances out of it. But there were quite a few that we were just not being clinical with. 
but it might just be look we've got france next just don't go yeah don't top. overdo don't get it injured and anything yeah. but i'm happy with a three nil like that's i know definitely win. that's a, especially because i do think senegal's are pretty pretty good team yeah i mean they're afcon champions yeah even though a lot of people are saying well they're missing their best player but they've got so many good players like they've got premier league proven players they've got many people in league one they've got a couple from bundesliga like they're a good team yeah obviously they've gotten through their group so they're doing well and then we come up against them and score three keep a clean sheet it's a very good result i'm not gonna lie it makes me it makes me really happy it, like uh, for senegal there's one uh, former cologne player yeah yeah and i'm like well, no actual league, no actual Cologne player made it to um, the World Cup. To the World Cup, but an ex Cologne player. Did. An ex Cologne player did, guys. Exactly. Yes. Okay, so we'll move on from that game for now. Um, so the next game was Japan Croatia, and obviously, I think that game was rather boring. Yeah, no, it, um, I, I'm looking at it right now and it says, oh, exciting, exciting, because it went into pens, but I was, bore, I, I was bored. The thing is, when a game actually gets to penalties, it's exciting, but I, one, I don't see the point in extra time. When has it ever done anyone any good? Obviously, in 2014, you won the World Cup in extra time. But, like, everyone's tired by that point. Mm. Then you have to make more subs to, for people who probably won't be able to take a good pen. Exactly. Just because the people who are good at taking pens are tired. So... And, like, in this World Cup, the two games that have gone to extra time, nothing's happened in it. And then it's just gone to penalties. Mm. And I think they do this in the Carabao Cup. They just go straight from full-time to penalties. And I don't know whether that's a good idea or not, but I feel like it might be beneficial, especially mm. when you have, in a tournament, so many games in such a short amount of time. Like, obviously, the Croatian players in their next game and also the Moroccan players are going to be so tired compared to the other team. Yeah. Because they would have played an extra half hour of their game. I know, definitely. But um, I think what you have to do is just kind of cut the extra time down a bit because I feel half an hour is pretty long. For example, uh, in ice hockey, um, you have three... Uh, periods where you play for 20 minutes yeah so it's an hour game time really um and if then the score is like if then is uh, if it's a draw then then you go into extra time but extra time are only five minutes yeah so it's a five minute shootout kind of and then afterwards it goes to pens and that always keeps i feel like that keeps like the excitement there because what even as just like even if you just watch the game like watching a game for 90 minutes being like all right that's kind of like yeah mm. and then watching always, another half an hour yeah, it's always the games that aren't very interesting yeah. like a nil nil or a one one you've watched 90 minutes of it you're kind of fed up yeah keep it exciting by going straight to pens rather than watching another half hour of nothing happening exactly especially when they're tired it's even less interesting but anyway obviously japan took the lead first in that game i was going crazy because i was like yes japan my underdogs i actually was I wasn't. I was like, hurt. I really wanted Japan to lose. Yeah, I know. And then, obviously, Perisic had a really good header in the second half. Equalised. Nothing else really happened in the game. It went to penalties, and then Japan completely ruined it. Oh, my God. What the hell was that? It was so bad. It, I literally said during the game, if Takumi Minamino needs to take a penalty after this, he's going to miss. Because he, in his whole Liverpool career, I'm pretty sure... He only took one pen and he missed it. <laughs> I, I've never seen him score a penalty. And then Matoma missed as well. So obviously us, us being in Brighton, everyone was a bit like, oh no, because he's a Brighton I didn't player. care. I know, cause... you weren't here though. Well, yeah, but I still, I was just like, you know what, I was happy about it because um, obviously I, I feel like it's a bit rude of me to say, being like, oh yeah, because you guys knocked Germany out, I want you to absolutely 
No, but that's understandable. Yeah. If France knock us out, I'm gonna like want them to get knocked out by whoever. Yeah. No, definitely. But yeah, obviously, um, Japan's pens. The thing is, it's not even that um, the keeper saved them so well. Yeah, they were just, they were just so poorly. They were like not even in the, one of the corners. They were like middle of the goal, not fast pens. They had no pace to them, and they were such a yeah. good height to save. It just looked like they'd never taken a penalty before in their lives. Yeah, I, I could have done that. It, yeah, I don't know whether it's just the nerves, because obviously it's such a like important moment, or if they just hadn't practised enough, but it didn't look like they were prepared for that situation. Yeah. So obviously Croatia got through with that game, and now they're in the quarterfinals playing against Brazil. So if we look back at Brazil's round of 16 game, that was against South Korea. No, it was a bit of a thrashing. The first half was mental. I thought they were going to win like 8-0. Oh yeah, me too. But obviously they didn't score in the second half, and Korea did. Um, yeah, but to be fair, oh my god, I saw a statistic. I feel like people underestimate South Korea a bit because now everyone's like kind of like, oh yeah, Brazil dominated so much, blah blah blah. Yeah. And they did when it came to chances, but South Korea did have a decent part of the game. Like it's not that they were just there and yeah, Brazil well, they, just scored, scored, scored. I know this isn't a way to look at a game, but they did win the second half. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. And in the first half, I had a look before. And Brazil did have some chances in the second half. Yeah. Now by the time where it was three uh, 0 which was after like half an hour, 26 minutes, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it was mental. You know what? Brazil only had three shots. And really? only They had three shots. All of them were on target. All of them were a goal. So it's not that they like had more of the game. Their efficiency yeah. was just there. Like yeah. their quality was and there. And the thing is, that's why I keep on saying that I think they're going to win the World Cup because they're so clinical with their yeah. chances. Like they've got such good skills to finish a shot. It's just insane. And oh my God, the Richarlison goal. No, oh my god, it was the footwork so involved in that. I good. literally screamed when I saw it. I was like, "Oh my god!" I'm not a fan of him, but that was. Amazing. Oh no, I really don't like him. Obviously, me being a Liverpool fan, I don't like him from when he was at Everton, and I think he's quite, I don't know, cocky. Yeah. But he's so good for Brazil. He's so. He's good. got such a good record for Brazil, yeah. and that that goal was a team goal, and everything about it was just good. Yeah. It was crazy. And then the South Korea goal, oh my god. It I got me out of my seat. It was I, I didn't, um, I only watched the first half because uh, we went back to Brighton then yeah. for, during the second half. So, so I the watch goal it. for South Korea was literally insane. So he was outside of the box. I think it was Pike who scored. And he was outside of the box and he literally just whipped it into the top corner. Allison almost touched it, but it was just, the placement was so good. It was. The Thunderbolt goal I've been waiting for for this game, <laughs> for this tournament. It was insane. So, yeah, that was a consolation goal. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. And I was hoping that it would spark something, but it was quite late on. It was in the 76th minute, so it wasn't going to do much. Not but really. it was nice to see them celebrate a goal and the, and for the fans as well. How did, uh, because when you say celebration of a goal, I, I saw, or like, I had so many people say, because obviously it's kind of like a tradition that um, whenever Brazil scores, they do like their little dancey oh, dance. Yeah, yeah. It, they, had, they got so much shade for it, I being know. like, oh, it's disrespectful for yeah, like every South Korean from fan. Keen on what? the coverage on, I think it was on ITV. He was like asked about it at half time, and he was saying it's disrespectful to South Korea. It's not f- about football anymore. It's about being disrespectful, and um, also because Richarlison obviously did his pigeon celebration with the manager, and he was like, no manager should be involved in that sort of thing. I was like, you're kind of ruining the fun, and also disrespecting Brazilian culture because that's something that they're they do. Yeah. Um, I feel like I always have to think about. Um 
I understand the dancing. I, I think it's a pretty, pretty cool thing to do. I yeah. feel like it identifies them as a team to some degree. Then again, I think about, for example, the 7-1 against Germany. Well, Germany won 7-1. Yeah. And I think after like the third or fourth goal, they just stopped celebrating yeah, out of I respect. Feel like, I feel like if they continued to score in the second half against South Korea, I don't think they would have danced for every single Yeah. One. I think they would have been eventually like, okay, let's, let's leave it. Of course, we yeah. scored a goal. Well done. But like there's people going out badly here just like yeah exactly I feel like that's what that's what Germany did they were like obviously they were like yeah we scored another goal but they they were really respectful about it Mm -hmm. and I think obviously if you I'd celebrate a fourth goal because then you have the confidence to say oh whatever happens we're we're probably going to win this game unless we're Liverpool and come back (laughs) 4-4 that was the best game ever um no yeah but I think it's all right, unless... Obviously, some people have some stuff to say about it, but a lot of what Roy Keane says is a bit over the top anyway, so... Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so the next day, we had another two games, the final two games of the round of 16, so that was Morocco-Spain. The 90 minutes was boring. Like, they didn't do anything. Obviously, there's been some interviews come out from Spanish players. I think one of them was from Rodri or something, or Laporte. It was definitely someone who plays in the Premier League saying that Morocco created no chances, they did nothing for 90 minutes, they just defended, 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 and then they won on pens. I think that's probably a bit of an overstatement. I think Morocco did have some chances. I think they had uh, six shots. So it's not... So one big chance and six shots. So I think it's like... They did have quite a few chances to score in the game, obviously. Spain had more. They had 13 shots and three on target. Mm -hmm. But... I think it looked quite balanced for the whole game. Like, Spain didn't wow me like they did against, like, Costa Rica back in the start. definitely not. Um, I feel like Spain, I don't want, again, I don't want to be rude, but after the Costa Rica game, I feel like they were really overrated because everyone was like, oh, Spain's going to smash this tournament, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Then again, they played a 1-1 against Germany who got knocked out, so I don't know. Then they lost against Japan, and now they got kicked out. And now they've been knocked out by Morocco. Way. Yeah, and honestly, their penalties were worse than Japan's. Uh, And I said this because, right, so they bought on Pablo Sarabia in, like, the 119th minute or something just to take a penalty. And if we look back to the Euros final, when Southgate did that with Rashford and Sancho, it didn't work out well. They both missed. And I said, it's going to happen with Sarabia as well. And it did. He took the first penalty and he hit the post. And then, obviously, if we look back to the Euros in 2020, um, Spain played Croatia... And they beat them on pens, but they missed so many. Like, Busquets missed a pen in that shootout. And he also missed a pen against Morocco. Yeah. They didn't score any of their penalties. No, I just think it's um, lack of penalty quality of yeah. Spain in general. I don't think it has like it has anything to do with, like, a specific player. It's just, it surprises me a little bit, especially after Enrique said, oh, yeah, I taught them all to at least do a, hun- a thousand pens yeah. before the World Cup so they can actually do but it. But do you think that they might have overdone it? Because then they would have just been like, oh, yeah, I've scored enough now. I'll score this one. Being a bit, like, not trying. Yeah. I feel like they might have overdone it. I, I get what you mean, but obviously if you look at the stats, I think before, before they're knocked out now, they've already been knocked out the last yeah. two tournaments on pens. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And now, obviously, it's the third time. So I, I don't know what the hell's going wrong there, but there's something majorly, like, it's an issue. Mm. Yeah, because in 2018, they were knocked out by Russia on pens. Yeah. And then in the Euros, they were knocked out by Italy in the semis. 
and then now they've been knocked out by Morocco. It's not even like obviously Italy won the Euros, but in the two World Cups, it's not even good teams are beating them yeah. on penalties, and they need to just. I think they took off the wrong people. Like obviously there might be tiredness, but I think they had the wrong people taking the penalties. Like I think they went for experience, but to me, I feel like you need to go for quality. Gavi would have scored, guys. Yeah, I literally said that. Why have they taken him off? But I mean, then again, you always have to think made. about, um, for example, what happened to uh, Saka Rashford or whoever. Yeah, it's true. they were so young and they got judged so badly. But and now, I feel like, but now I have every faith that all three of them would score a penalty for England. Yeah, probably, but still, like they got so much shade for it, and they were mm. still so young. And obviously, Gavi's only eighteen. Yeah, well, if everyone's backing Gavi to be golden boy, then he needs to be put in those sorts of situations. Yeah, but what if he misses? Jude Bellingham is clear. Just saying, <laughs> he's so good. Anyway, so yeah, Morocco beat Spain three 0 on penalties. So that was the only underdog win of the round of sixteen. Really? Yeah. And then the last game in round of 16 was Portugal-Switzerland, and obviously that was a bit of a goal fest. Portugal won 6-1. I was very upset because my goat, Shakiri has been knocked out. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so obviously the first goal was Gonzalo Ramos. Everyone was going crazy because he was the one who started instead of Ronaldo because obviously Ronaldo was benched. And this guy is, like, he's so young. It was his World Cup debut. He's 21, and he ended up scoring a hat-trick. Like, how do you do that? I think the last person to do that was Pele. <laughs> Pele? Yeah. He's still there, guys. Oh, yeah. Pele's still alive, guys. We'll see how long that lasts. Maybe he'll wait to see Brazil win the World Cup and then he'll yeah. pop off. But I don't know. Anyway, so obviously Ramos got that hat trick. Um, even Pepe scored in that game. Yeah, that was the old man. Yeah. Old man scored. I was a bit like... He's what? like 39, still starting for Portugal at centre-back in a World Cup. And then he scored. And then he scored back. from a corner. And I was so excited for him because, like, obviously, a lot of people doubt him now because he's so old. He doesn't have the pace, especially when you're yeah. playing against teams with fast players. Like, Switzerland have, like, Mbolo, Akanji, loads of people who are quite speedy. And I just think, oh, he did so well in that game. He had such a good performance and topped it off with that goal. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, Guerrero scored. I feel like by the time Guerrero and Leal scored and also when Ramos got his hat-trick, I think the goals were just kept going. I think anyone in the Portuguese team could have finished it off. And then Akanji did score in the 58th minute, but I thought it might kick-start a comeback. I think they were, like, 4-0 down at that point. Akanji scored. It was wishful thinking. Nothing else happened for them. Nah, it was more like... It's kind of like the Germany-Brazil game again. It's kind of like just that one goal to make everyone a little bit more happy, although everything's destroyed already anyways. I'm always wondering what actually goes on in a player's head when you're literally down 4-0. Well, what do you think? There's no way you're going to win. They won't want to be on the pitch and they've just got to kind of go with it for the rest of the game. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, Switzerland got knocked out. I feel like the players didn't look that upset. They looked like they knew it was coming. No, they knew it was coming. The thing is, they kind of would have been able to get used to that the idea of them being knocked out more because they were getting thrashed from the beginning. Yeah. Like, they've had 90 minutes of losing. They know they're going to get knocked out. <laughs> Whereas um, Morocco, obviously, when they did the penalties against Spain, Spain didn't know whether they were going through or not until they were knocked out. Yeah, it was still open, you know? Yeah, but so that's why same they with, would have shown a lot more emotion, I think. Yeah, same with Poland, though. Yeah, like, yeah. They were down, like, 2-0 or something, and it was just, like, a little bit meh. Exactly. Okay, so now we're going to move on to predicting the quarterfinals. So the first one that's on is the Croatia-Brazil game. So what do you think? Brazil's going to knock him down. Yeah. 
I think so. I think I think this will be the part where we see Croatia's weaknesses a lot more mm-hmm. because obviously they played against good teams, but not Brazil. That's the thing. They thing have is, not played. Did Brazil. they play against good teams because they played against Belgium? They played against Canada. Who else was in their group? Was it Morocco? So. Yeah, I think it was. So, I don't see. I don't really see um Croatia getting through that game. Yeah. Especially with the quality we've seen from Brazil, I just don't think Dejan Lovren is going to be able to stop that attack from Brazil. No, I do think. Um, just looking at the individual quality of the of both teams, Brazil. Obviously, obviously, we say also Brazil's going to win because they still are our favourites to win the World Cup. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely think Brazil's going to win this with at least like a little 3-0 or something. Yeah, I think they'll probably keep a clean sheet, to be fair. Yeah. So, yeah, Brazil in the semi-finals. And then the other game that day is Netherlands-Argentina. <laughs> now, do you know, when we predicted it at the start, I put Brazil and Argentina in the semi-final, but I actually think Netherlands might win. I'm so surprised by Netherlands, mm-hmm. considering they haven't even been part of the last two World Cups. Yeah. I'm actually like, I really want them to win. Mm-hmm. For me, they're not, obviously, they're not proper underdogs, because everyone kind of knew, oh, they got some good players. Yeah. But still, they kind of were. They weren't in anyone's predictions to get, like... Well, I'd say they would be in the predictions to get this far, but I don't think they would have been in people's predictions to be have a chance of winning. Exactly, but I feel like they do have a really big chance. If they actually get their whole quality on yeah. the pitch that day... I think they can win. Gakpo hat-trick, maybe. that we will win. Van Dyke header, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually think, well, Van Dyke's been able to play against Messi well before. My true Belgian. Obviously when... <laughs> Guys, if you remember that, you're a real one. But, um, so, obviously when Liverpool played against Barcelona in the second leg, uh, Van Dyke was playing against Messi mm-hmm. pretty well. So I think he should be able to do okay against him again. I think Ake must have played against him at some point. Yeah. Probably when Man City play against PSG in the Champions League. But um, I think they should. it should be a good game. I can't exactly call it, but I have a feeling Netherlands might win. But it's going to be a really, really, like, close, close win. Yeah. It's going to be, like... Like a 2-1 two two or 3-2. Yeah. Or maybe even a 1-0. I was thinking maybe 1-0. Yeah. What if Messi doesn't score when and it gets, gets like, knocked this out? When late in the tournament, I feel like there'll be less goals. Because it's more quality in the defence as well. Like, there's no team you're coming up against which has a bad defence. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so then, so those are the two games on Friday, which is, oh my god, that's tomorrow. (gasps) And then on Saturday, so Saturday at three is Morocco-Portugal. Now, I love Morocco, and they've done so well in this tournament, but I do believe that they will get thrashed. (laughs) Yeah, I do believe that as well. I'd love for Morocco to go through, Yeah, I'd love to see them do a number against Portugal, Um, but I just don't see it mm, happening, especially after Portugal's performance against Switzerland. No, especially because they didn't score against uh, Spain. True. They didn't score. I mean, they're defending. If their defending is that good, the only goal they've conceded this whole tournament is an own goal from their own player yeah but I don't no opposition players scored against them I do not believe which is why Pepe will <laughs> that what's his name again Bono Bono yeah Bono that he can keep a clean sheet against Portugal nah I don't see it happening if he does that would be incredible and it would be so funny if it goes to penalties and Ronaldo misses his pen oh imagine imagine, imagine he's just not even getting subbed on Oh my god! <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Actually, to be fair, he probably won't start because Gonzalo Ramos has deserved uh, to stay in yeah. his lineup unless he takes out Joao Felix. 
which would work. I think Joao Felix was bad. He was like the only player who I wasn't impressed with in the Portuguese. But he's team. still young as well. I know. Oh, I don't know. He's, I feel like he's been like one of the young players for so long though. Yeah, I I've feel never, like he's I've literally. I've never actually been impressed by a Joao Felix performance. I'm not gonna lie. His name's out there for I don't know how many years, and yeah. I, he's only like how old is he? Twenty three or something? I don't know. Uh, I will check. I think he's not that old. I think yeah, twenty three. Wow, that's <laughs> that crazy, such but, a good guess. <laughs> but like, I don't. I ha- can't remember a time where I've been like overly impressed with. No, nah, he was just always there. Yeah, and he got bought for big money by Atletico, but I haven't seen the performance for Atletico or for Portugal where I've been like, mm. wow, he's incredible. Mm. But the best I've seen him do is when he packed. I think Ronaldo won FIFA. <laughs> anyway, so I think Portugal will win that game pretty easily, and then the dreaded game. Do you want me? Do you want me to? Do you want me to talk? Yeah, Can yeah, you not? Deal with it. It's gonna make me cry. <laughs> now, obviously, um, England's facing France. <sighs> it's gonna be exciting. Um, I won't be excited. I'll be panicking. The it's whole gonna time. be Mbappe against England. <laughs> That's what everyone's saying, but I think people are disregarding the amount of talent in the French team. <laughs> I know, definitely, like, they have a lot of talent. Even people like Rabiot are having such a good tournament. In the yeah. first game, he got a goal and an assist. He's looked so good. I just think the one French weakness is Hugo Lloris. <laughs> and if we just keep shooting, it will go in eventually. <laughs> have you seen how many mistakes he made in the game yes. against Poland? Oh he my threw the God. ball to Polish players so many times. Do you remember when he was like supposed to catch the ball yeah. and it landed behind him and was like... Yeah, exactly. And that only because they were playing against Poland did he get away with that many chances yeah. that he's given away. Not even Lewandowski can do that. Exactly. But that's because it's Lewandowski on his own. But Rashi can. Rashi can. Kane can. Foden definitely can. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? He is on fire. Yeah. So I just think... If anyone's going to lose it for France, it'll be him. Yeah. And also probably. Raphael Varane. <laughs> because he's been starting over Canate, and obviously I understand that because of his experience, but in big games, I've seen him mess up quite a lot. Like, mm-hmm. against Man City in the Champions League when he was at Real Madrid, he gave away two goals, one for Sterling, one for Jesus. He was awful. And Sterling is returning to the England camp tomorrow. Obviously, I don't think he's going to start, but if he comes on and has to play against Raphael Varane, he knows how to get around him. Yeah. No, definitely. I think, um, I don't know, like everyone obviously thinks that France is going to win this, yeah. but I do still believe England has a chance. They've been playing, they've, they've still been playing a good tournament and looking at the squad, I'm still, I'm still like, how can they not win yeah. a World Cup? I feel like, obviously a lot of people are looking at this fixture and thinking it's the world champions against England. And I think English people are very terrified. <laughs> But if you actually look at both of the squads, it's very evenly matched. No, I'd say so as well. And I feel it like will be a good game. I'm just terrified. I just feel like for England, what needs to happen is the opposite of what happened against Italy 2020. Yeah. Because um, if we score one, we need to score another. Yeah. You can't just score one and sit on it. In the exactly, and then especially not against France. a team like France. Who if you do it against in like two minutes, I, I'd say if you do it against Italy. Okay, and yeah. that even didn't work out. So against France, don't do it. Exactly. I'm, just, I'm just saying, they don't do it. They have too many good attackers to sit back and defend because they will go through you so easily. Imagine Mbappe trying to run at Harry Maguire. <laughs> He's going to do it easily. No, Maguire's going to save us. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah. I think... 
Carl Walker will be playing, and I think that's good. He can match a map if the pace is done. I'm not going to lie, though. Against but, Senegal, he was just yeah, a little bit... Yeah, what I was about oh. to say, he looks a bit off of the pace against Senegal. Although, a lot of people were saying, if you can't do it against Ismail Assar, you can't do it against Mbappe. But Ismail Assar has recorded a faster time, like, speed-wise, this season than Mbappe. So... Right. It's, it's worrying, but I'm not as worried as other people. I need to I need to let you in on a little secret of mine, though. Uh, when I... Uh, when was it? It was the World Cup 2018 or something? Yeah. Or 2020 Euros. I'm not sure. I wasn't that keen on the England squad yet, because I was still in Germany. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care about the Premier League. I yeah. was just kind of getting there. Oh, my God. I was watching... My mum and I were watching some England game. Like, we watched all the England games. And we just saw number two the whole time, which was the Kyle Walker. We saw number two, number two, number two. And he was just standing there. Nothing happened. Over the whole yeah. tournament, nothing happened. And I didn't know who that was. I was like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> this year, he started that game. And I'm like, he's he's the same. I don't want to, like... I don't want to be rude to him or no. something. But he he doesn't really seem like he, he, know, he knows what he's doing. I know. The thing is, he's so good for Man City... <coughs> And when he comes to the tournaments, everyone's like, oh, he's got pace, we need him in our defence, because yeah. none of our other defenders have pace. <laughs> like, you've got John Stones, you've got Harry Maguire, you've got Luke Shaw. Do they have pace? Probably not. <laughs> so I think we use him for that and also his strength in defence, because our other right-backs... I mean, Trippier's good, but he hasn't been great this tournament. I think and it's just... Trent Alexander-Arnold cannot defend. No. Uh, no. Not at all. <laughs> Don't even get That's me started. That's coming from a Liverpool fan. <laughs> I feel really bad for him, though. I know. Uh, he is not really a happy person, I think. No. Um but with Trippier, I think I think yeah, it's just not fair on him. I think because the moment Walker got fit, he gets he gets to play. Yeah, but and Trippier like, didn't play his best tournament, but it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Like compared to what Carl Walker did there, I'd say it's the same. I'd level. be interested to see who who Gareth picks for this France game. I think he will pick Walker for the pace. Definitely. And also, I think the more game time Walker gets, the better he'll get in the game. So like. He might not have been great against Senegal. Obviously, we still kept a clean sheet, so in the end, it's fine. But he's gotten the minutes. He's getting the fitness back up. Because, obviously, he hasn't played for a club for, like, three months. Because yeah. he's had a groin injury. But um, hopefully, he's a bit more on the pace now. I watched the behind-the-scenes England training video the other day, and he looked on it. So, hopefully, he's a little bit better against Mbappe, because otherwise, we're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so... What do you think is going to happen in that game? What do you think the score is going to be? Ooh, I think it's going to go depends. Oh, no. And then I think England's going to win for once. Really? <laughs> yeah, no, if it goes to pens, I'm pretty... They should win it. We we talked about uh, Loris, and obviously that's kind of... Maybe he's doing a lot of mistakes doing pens. Yeah. Imagine. Imagine, oh, imagine we take really bad pens, but he just goes Imagine Saka and Rashi scoring oh. a pen. You know they will be on pens if we have to go to penalties. I'm certain he'll... Yeah, but they're probably going to relive the whole of 2020 no, and get really don't, scared. Don't. Yeah, they'll get PTSD and start <laughs> crying and be like, I can't do it. No, but um, no, I'm hoping it will be a good game, but I'm really scared. I think it will be like 2-2 or something mm-hmm. and then France will win in extra time. Yeah, that might be, yeah. I'm not going to lie, objectively, I would have lo- I would love for it to go to Peds because... Literally, a game like England-France going to Pence, that's going to be absolutely amazing. It's mental. But then again, as 
a newborn England fan, I would be, I, I am terrified. I'd be yeah. like, please, just win this 4-0. Well, even me talking about this now, my hands have started shaking. No. I'm so scared. And any time I'm sat alone and I think about that game, I have to go and do something because I'm just so stressed about I it. I don't think we should leave her alone with her thoughts anymore. No, game's please over. someone come and save me. I can't sit and think about this game anymore. Next podcast we do, you're going to be sitting here being like, I can't talk, I can't, she's going yeah, to be next crying next podcast next we record, to me. England will not be in the World Cup anymore. <laughs> But guys, we'll keep our fingers crossed for the best game possible, yeah. but I don't hold on to it much because I don't have any hope. <laughs> it's all gone. Like, we've played against good teams, but we're coming up against one of the best. Yeah. I'd say top two in the tournament so far. Or top three. Definitely, yeah. So I'm terrified. But yeah, hopefully England win. I feel like if England gets through that game, they're basically in the final. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think we would beat Portugal? Yes. Do you? Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. I'm not taking anything for granted these days. <laughs> you shouldn't trust me. I learned it no, the hard way. I remember in the Euros when we beat you, um, after that we were like, well, we've won it because we had to play against like easy teams like Ukraine, Denmark, and then in the final Italy. And before the Euros, everyone was like, Italy, they're not great. But then when they started playing in the Euros, you are like, oh, they actually are really good. I hate Italy. Yeah. Well, they're not even in this tournament, so well. Mm. Anyway, so I think that wraps up our predictions yes. for the quarterfinals. And obviously, after the quarterfinals, we'll do another roundup, predict the rest of the tournament. Hopefully, England is still in it. And then we'll go into a little winter break afterwards. Yeah, so we are going home for Christmas next week. So we'll do one more podcast, and then we'll probably come back after Christmas and talk about the rest of the tournament. And we are going to continue this podcast. Yay! We're going to transform it into a more like football in general obviously after christmas the world cup is not a thing so we'll be doing like weekly podcasts discussing football and also f1 when it comes back on yeah please yeah and so we'll be talking about premier league champions league bundesliga yeah whatever takes our fancy we also are avid lewis fc supporters (laughs) so if we go to any games we'll keep you informed but yeah we're going to keep it going because we're really enjoying it and we're getting good interactions with people. Exactly. So, yeah. So, I think that's where we'll finish it for today. I think it's been quite a long one. Uh, it was really long. Yeah. I think it's been nearly an hour or something. Yeah, it's crazy. So, thanks for listening to us. Yeah, thanks for listening if you've gotten all this way. And we will see you next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Oh, God, I'm so scared of Mbappe. <laughs>